Howard Baruxas, a managing partner with Valenta based in Miami, Florida. Jake Day, I'm a managing partner. I'm based in uh, Arkansas and also uh, in Atlanta, Georgia area. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today is, I think, our third or fourth edition of the weekly 2.0 podcast where we talk about what is new in the world of digital transformation and also what is new in Valenta this week. Jake, do you want to get us started and talk about uh, highlights that you found in the world of digital transformation this week? Sure, yeah. UiPath uh, has a big week, actually, this week. They're doing their uh, 22-4 release of uh, all, the, all the latest and greatest uh, that's coming out of their platforms. Um, they've been dripping out kind of a steady um, release of little insights uh, that they'll be sharing. Uh, by the way, they're going to be having a uh, kind of a preview of all of their new updates on Wednesday, uh, May 18th at 11 o'clock Eastern time, 10 o'clock Central time. And so if you guys are interested, definitely go to their website. I might put a link to it in the show notes as well so that you can uh, log right in and be a part of that preview. But they have some pretty exciting things that's, that they're going to be talking about. Uh, just quoting one of their articles here, they're going to be talking about what they call Automation Launchpad uh, is an automation uh, center, center of excellence. That's a leadership tool. They call it the ultimate tool to scale and evangelize your company's automation program. It's going to greatly reduce some of the administrative overhead uh, when you're managing uh, automation initiatives. And just kind of looking through, they have a lot of really good kind of out of the box features that's going going to uh, not only help uh, kind of administer a automation program, but also onboard users, especially citizen developers and such. Some of the things that they, they talk about, um, some of the out of the box features of their interface is uh, on, they're going to have a front page that'll directly kind of link people to learn more about robotic process automation and the organization, folks who might not know really what it is. It's still a new concept to a lot of people. Uh, so that it looks like they're gonna have some landing pages for that, allow people to sign up for program events, see what other people are doing in the organization, be inspired by that. It's also gonna have some tools that allow leaders to easily track their automation journey. Um, also automation users and citizen developers now, I'm really big on citizen developers. I think that's really the future of automation, uh, robotic process automation is people who are close to the work actually able to develop automations for themselves and for their departments. And so it's gonna, they're doubling down on citizen developers, uh, have a lot of new tools and features for them. They're gonna have some, some trainings that are gonna be available as well uh, to everybody. One of the things that I really like about their that's going to come out in this new release is you're going to be able to uh, build automations a lot easier uh, in Studio X. And what it's going to do is it has some increased enhanced governance features, uh, what it looks like. This is something that, you know, CIOs sometimes get a little bit hesitant of when you start talking about allowing anybody in an organization to develop bots how am I going to govern this, right? How am I going to have visibility to it? How am I going to make sure that, you know, citizen developers aren't pulling data or kind of getting into different areas of the company that maybe they shouldn't? So there's going to be some enhanced governance, it looks like, uh, around this. They had some other articles as well uh, that talked about, apparently they have 
increase the amount of integrations that UiPath has with other platforms. Uh, they have 50 connectors that they're going to um, add to their catalog. And some of the connectors are to Hootsuite, MailChimp, Salesforce Marketing. So it looks like they're focusing on the marketing aspect and automating some of that, which I think is really awesome. Also, it uh, looks like SAP Concur was on the list this time. I know I've had a lot of clients who use Concur for travel and travel and expense type uh, processes. And so it's going to create probably a lot more efficiency in automating those travel and expense, which can be very tedious processes to manage. Uh, also, smart sheets, uh, Twitter, those types of things. So really excited about uh, what we're seeing there. Also, it looks like the last piece, and this will be another article from UiPath uh, that I'll uh, put in the show notes, that they have moved their whole uh, robotic creation, management, everything uh, to the cloud, which there were certain pieces of how you manage RPA and bots that you uh, before you kind of had to have the infrastructure uh, in, the, in the servers uh, internally. Uh, but they've looks like they've made all of that cloud-based at this point, which I think is exactly where they needed to go. But it's, what that's going to enable is a lot of these small and mid-sized players who maybe wanted to use more of these advanced features but really didn't have that internal infrastructure uh, to manage. Now it's all in the cloud. Now everybody has access to it. Of course, that's what we're about at Valenta, giving everybody access to what only the big players had before. So really applaud. UiPath on their ability uh, to pull that off. So really looking forward to what they're going to have to say on Wednesday, uh, May 18th, uh, 11 Eastern, 10 Central. Uh, but those are some of the th good things coming out of, uh, of UiPath. I think you found something, uh, some articles pretty cool in Tableau. Is that right, Howard? I did. I did. But the, no, it sounds like a big week from UiPath. That was a lot of activity from them. And I definitely am looking forward to what they have to unveil on Wednesday. You know, you spend a lot of time talking about governance. Uh, one thing that we find is that a lot of governance can be handled by centers of excellence. And at Valenta, we can outsource people to be part of a center of excellence. We could help companies set those up. We could be an outsource center of excellence. And it really helps out in terms of developing and getting RPA to really proliferate within organizations. Also very interesting to hear about the SAP Concur integration. That's going to be helpful to a lot of people. So many businesses use Concur for their expenses. Uh, that'll be really great. And then also the Smartsheets uh, integration. We use Smartsheets a, a ton. So I know that that automation will be really helpful. I, I found one interesting thing at Tableau. Maybe there was as many things as uh, going on at UiPath at Tableau this week, but I, I didn't happened to stumble across them. But one thing that I did find that was very interesting was they published an article about embedded analytics. And they talked about how embedded analytics was really proliferating as well. And more and more companies were looking for this and it was adding more and more value uh, to companies as well. So they talked about how embedded analytics were finding their way into consumer apps and consumers were really expecting that and really wanting to benefit from embedded analytics in their apps. Business apps, of course, uh, more and more customers and business customers are demanding that. They also mentioned how a lot of news sites on the internet are incorporating analytics along with polling and that type of thing. So these were three key areas that they found embedded analytics increasing in apps. 
And they, they made the point that besides increasing revenues for the companies that were using them, it also increased customer loyalty when these analytics were embedded in the apps that the, the, their customers were using. So I thought that was pretty interesting. We do a fair amount of dashboards and reporting with Tableau. So it was, it was a good article to really talk about that embedded nature of analytics. Um, so that was one thing from Tableau. My next vendor, I've got a few things from, maybe yeah, not quite as few as UiPath, but the, do you have somebody else you wanted to share some information about this week? Yeah, it was uh, Electronique. Uh, partners at uh, Electronique put out an article, uh, top five tips to optimize your sales funnel. Something that our listeners may be interested in. I'll just give you kind of a, a brief overview what they talk about, uh, high level, what a sales funnel is and kind of the stages uh, of a sales funnel. You know, when you're talking about how you progress, you know, a potential uh, buyer of whatever it is that you're sailing, uh, excuse me, sailing, selling uh, through a funnel. You know, you're talking about you got to you got to make them aware of what the product is or the services that you're offering. So awareness and attention. And you got to generate uh, some interest. Once you have that interest, you have to generate a desire in them at that point to want to know more and want to engage your business or your product. And then uh, you got to have some sort of a call to action uh, to get them to actually make the purchase. So they drill down into each of those uh, stages a little bit more. Uh, than I did there, but also they talk about how to uh, measure uh, sales funnel effectiveness. So they're going to talk about three different metrics that they think is a pretty important. Uh, I do as well. Acquisition cost, uh, really key. Got to keep your acquisition cost down uh, as much as possible uh, while still acquiring customers. Uh, and then they measure win, uh, win rate and then also close rate as well. And then they're going to list uh, their top five advice for successful uh, sales funnel, which is it's really customer based, right? Research your customer needs. You got to work on that unique selling proposition that makes whatever you're selling just a little bit different in a compelling way from your uh, competitors. Also, you need to analyze the work of your sales teams and also analyze your sales channel. Uh, sometimes uh, what a certain person is doing on a sales team uh, might work better than someone else, right? So what you always want to do is be analyzing your sales team, take what works, scale it to the rest of the team, uh, rinse uh, and repeat. Same thing with sales channel as well. Sometimes the channel will work while others won't. It's okay to try even the things that fail, right? Uh, but you got to know when to, to cut the failure, um, scale what works, and then try and experiment with other things as well. And then staying in touch uh, with existing clients. One of the things I'd be interested in um, is from our listeners, if you guys have any, um, especially any metrics that you think are important uh, for measuring your sales funnel, funnel effectiveness, or if you have some additional advice for a successful sales funnel, uh, shoot me an email. Uh, Howard and I, either Howard or I, will take a look at it. Uh, we might bring it up actually on a future podcast. And so, um, yeah, definitely be interested in seeing uh, what you think about uh, that article from Electronique. Uh, Yellow AI. I actually had a few things come up from them this week. They're one of our partners in the area of conversational AI, and they published a, a couple of good articles this week that I thought were very interesting. The first one actually is a good segue from your uh, conversation about Electronique and the sales funnel. They talked about buying personas. And they talked about uh, how to uh, set up 
different buying personas within an app, uh, within a chatbot, that type of thing, but also how to define what your buying personas are, what the what your customer personas are, how to do the market research around finding out who the personas are that are the best customers for you or for different parts of your services or product portfolio. And then again, how to set up the appropriate smart, uh, intelligent process automation using conversational AI to best serve those different buying personas and identify them early on so that you could serve them most effectively. So that that article is very interesting. They also published a, a really nice article entitled Trends in Conversational AI for 2022. This was very interesting. And I thought they really had hit all the main trends. Some I hadn't really been in the forefront of my mind, but when they mentioned them, I'm like, oh yeah, for sure, that's a trend. So they talked about omni-channel and for sure that is a big trend. They talked about voice integrations and how voice integrations are really moving down in terms of the size of companies that they're being used in. It used to always be large companies, increasingly mid-size and small size, small size companies are benefiting from voice and, you know, and, and written word bots that really leverage conversational AI. So that was interesting. They also talked about chat bots and social media and how that is increasingly becoming a thing where you're interacting with people on social with a chat bot and instead of just a website. So that's starting to get some traction. And I thought that was interesting. And then, of course, they mentioned hyper automation. So that was one more trend. There were others, but those were the ones that jumped out at me. So I thought it was a very interesting article, very insightful. They also published an article basically talking about bots and conversational AI and banking. It reminded me a lot of articles that I've read from UiPath and also on Yellow AI about insurance or the telecom industry, but it really kind of walked through some of the ways that banking can benefit from conversational AI. It talked about time saving of customers as well as the support team. They talked about increased efficiency for personnel making them more efficient by gathering information ahead of time, by dealing with customers that had easy to process type of problems or questions with a bot instead of getting a human all the time. Um, they talked about the reduced cost of support because of the use of bots instead of a person needing to work it with a salary and benefits and all that stuff. So that was interesting. They talked about round the clock, uh, support within bots, which is a natural. I mean, you hear this one every single time you talk about the advantages of bots and that type of thing. And especially with banking and bankers hours, it's great to have a bot that doesn't work bankers hours. Um, it also listed how uh, two customers of theirs had really leveraged this in a big way. And one of the customers I knew, and you probably do too, Jake, uh, it was the online bank ally, Ally. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about benefits and they really actually had some hard numbers within this article it talked about how ally had saved uh money time etc using bots and then it made me think about how i mean i work with one of the big banks pretty happy with my service but i'm a part of a social club here in miami and i'm an officer there and we have a bank that is associated with that club and because it's a miami club we wanted to use a somewhat local bank the local bank, it's decent, but every single time I have to do banking for the bank, you know, for the club on a quarterly basis, I get locked out of my account. 
because I don't use the account very much. I have to call customer support. I can only call when they're working. It's a big production for me to do like the activities that I want right. for the club. And I'm, I wish we had just chosen a big bank instead of something that was very kind of central to South Florida and, and the Metro New York area happens to be the bank that we use. And it makes me want to call that bank and talk about conversational AI because they need it. Anyways, those were the articles that I found from Yellow AI. Jake, you got another one that you want to share? Yeah, I did, but I 100% agree with you on banks and getting locked out of your account. Uh, that's happened to me a few times as well. I won't say who I bank with, but it is frustrating uh, to, they, they make you talk to a person, right? In order to reset your password. And you have to, th- and every time that I've called, I hate to admit, I've had to call more than once. And so every time, right? They're asking me, it's the same process every time. And, uh, but if you get locked out after hours, you have to wait till they're there so that you can talk with them. And if it's the same process every time, sounds like a bot could probably handle it. And it seems like uh, from the article that you shared about LA, I'll have to check that out, but that's gonna become a competitive advantage for banks going forward. I feel like, hey, we're gonna be there. We're gonna have uh, help for you. 24 7, 365 days a year, right? So, really excited about that. Great article. Yeah, I have one from Hopstack. It seems like we feature them every week, but they do a really good job of putting out uh, new, co- new content that's really relevant, especially in the world of retail. We're talking this time about how to choose uh, 3PL for uh, e commerce brands. So, they're going to talk about what 3PL is, uh, third party logistics, and their companies that offer. Uh, really end-to-end services in a lot of instances like receiving, warehousing, inventory management, packaging, shipping, reverse logistics, end-to-end. So they're going to talk about in this article what you look for in third-party logistics providers, just to give you a sneak peek of some of the things that they delve into. Uh, Integration ability. You know, in the world of retail, there's lots of applications um, that are used in order to you know, manage fulfillment products and services from uh, purchase to delivery. So the ability to integrate across a wide uh, variety of applications is really important. We're going to talk about range of offerings, making sure that you're keeping up with, uh, you know, modern technology, which I think is one of the benefits of going with a 3PL provider. A lot of times when you're inside of, uh, of a company, you know, your number one goal is to fulfill the need of the customer in whatever way that you do it, right? And a lot of times supply chain is not your area of expertise, but for a 3PL company, that is their area of expertise. And so you have somebody who, you know, they spend their days trying to figure out better ways to make your supply chain more efficient. So might not be the business's core competency, but it is the third party. So you stay up to date on modern technology a little bit better than if you did it in-house. Also customization and flexibility, uh, scalability, that's the, that's the big goal uh, for most e-commerce uh, and retailers these days, especially smaller ones that are trying to compete um, with the Amazons or the Walmarts or trying to sell and scale into Amazon or Walmart. Got to have multi-tenant support, of course, high performance, enhanced network, They're going to talk about omni-channel capabilities as well. And then they kind of end with some of the benefits of partnering with third-party logistics, which I already told you one. 
but others, professional expertise. You got somebody focused 100% uh, on your supply chain and logistics. They also talk about it, how it reduces expenses, right? And I think this is where a lot of times uh, businesses um, sometimes perceive the value of third-party logistics a little bit inaccurately because they see it as an expense, right? Oh, we're going to have to pay all of this money uh, to bring on this third party. But again, these uh, 3PLs, they have access to technology that oftentimes can be scaled across multiple clients, thus meaning that it's a lower cost than if your individual company went out and bought the same technology. So you got some economies of scale uh, that can be used and just Again, you have professionals uh, who know how to do things more efficiently because it's their core competency. Uh, also, obviously, optimization, customer satisfaction, and then uh, they talk a little bit about you know, obvious benefit, increased profits and growth. Uh, but the guys at Hopstack, they, I think they have it figured out. I've been really excited to talk with them, to read their articles, and to work with them. And so uh, we'll put this uh, link to this one in the show notes. Definitely, if you're in retail, uh, if you're in warehouse management, you'll definitely want to check it out. Yeah, I mean, they have great technology and uh, they are constantly pushing out good content. So uh, pushing out good content to talk about your services is so important. It's one of the things that we talk about a lot in our digital marketing services, but uh, clearly they've, they're doing a good job in that area. And that's why we keep talking about it because they're educating us on what they do and the value of their, their services and the values of 3PL as well quite frankly. Um, I had one last one I wanted to talk about. It's a little bit out of our realm of what we normally talk about on the show and in our work life, but I thought it was a very interesting article and it was kind of a love letter to open source of, of, of sorts. Um, I, I saw a very cool article that Red Hat had posted. I actually shared it on my social media accounts and it talked about how Red Hat was offering their Linux OS uh, assist, uh, so, so open source solution for driving and for automated cars. And they were really assisting a Red Hat in-vehicle operating system at GM. And GM was selecting Red Hat for this to build their platform on top of for all of their, all of their automobiles. And it, it really pointed out the value of having some kind of open source tool that many people, many developers could write to but that was supported and was stable like it is with Red Hat. And also talked a bit about how GM actually now considers themselves a platform company, which I wow. thought was, you know, really kind of mind blowing. It's like, okay, now GM is a platform company in addition to being a transformation uh, transportation company. So I thought it was a very interesting article, kind of like a different paradigm shift a real good reason for open source and for companies like Red Hat and IBM as a you know consequence of owning Red Hat to really support open source. And it just made me think about how we really love that company for OpenShift, for using them in multi-cloud environments to deal with you know multi-cloud, cloud and on-prem deployments. And it's a really great tool for all the same reasons that GM selected the Linux operating system from Red Hat. So that was my last article a bit off of our SMB and business processes type focus. But again, you know, a, a love letter to open source of sorts. So that was my interesting walk through digital transformation for the week. Jake, do you want to talk about anything that's going on in your practice this week? 
Yeah, I got a big week this week. Uh, the Our local chamber of commerce is going to come out and do a ribbon cutting uh, for me so in, the, in my Bentonville location and so Northwest Arkansas. If you're in the Bentonville location, you can come over to the Bentonville Plaza at 1130 on Thursday. Uh, making sure that I remembered what time to, to be there, right? At the right place. But yeah, 1130 on Thursday at the Bentonville Plaza. We're going to cut the ribbon and we're going to kind of officially launch uh, our products or especially our services, managed services. Uh, it's right across from the Walmart home office if you don't know where Bentonville Plaza is. Um, and feel free to send me an email. Give me a call. Well, if you want to be a part of that, probably have some refreshments. I would love to take a picture with you. Uh, so, yeah, ribbon cutting is the big thing I'm focused on this week. Uh, what about you, Howard? Well, that sounds great. And good luck with your ribbon cutting. I wish you, I could be there. I will join you when you do your chamber ribbon cutting in Buckhead, Georgia, to for that practice as well. So good luck with that. Thank My you. week was a bit focused. A, a lot on digital marketing. I've been following up with a lot of people talking about that. So some good conversations, some major website rebuilds and ongoing digital marketing, uh, uh, pay-per-click type campaigns that uh, have come up that I've been working on. Also, um, there was a really good, interesting article that we dropped today um, on the Valenta website, and it was about Salesforce administrators and outsourcing them. And many companies struggle with how to manage their CRM, do so effectively, really fully utilize their CRM tool. And it's really because they don't have a full-time administrator. And having somebody who's got deep skills in Salesforce or something like that is hard for many mid-sized and small companies. So this article really talks about some of the benefits of having outsourced um, CRM administrators talks about how companies can really focus on their own business when they do this. They can have people doing what they do best. We had one client that was a Salesforce user and they repurposed somebody to do that role. And they took them off a job that they were really good at. And they were terrible as a Salesforce administrator. Good person, very skilled at what they previously did. Their replacement for what they did also wasn't really good at what they did. So they ended up with like two subpar people because they tried to fill this gap internally. Eventually they came to us and they we were able to provide virtual staff for that. And now they're getting great Salesforce administration. And then two people who were good at what they were doing before are now back to doing those roles. So anyways, focusing on the core business is a good reason for doing that. Um, getting needed skills in-house, another obvious one complimenting your existing staff. Uh, you know, virtual staff is usually less expensive than somebody in-house. So that's another benefit that we talk about in the article and just the overall flexibility of it. But anyways, that was a good article that we published talking about Salesforce administrators. So that's kind of new in the world of Valenta today and this week. That was probably the one highlight that I would want to raise. Yeah, but, good um, stuff. yeah. so look, I'm looking forward to another exciting week at Valenta. Another exciting week in the world of digital transformation. So we will be speaking to you in a week on what we have found in terms of highlights. And we look forward to speaking to you then. Thank you so much. Have a good one.